Yes. Hello, everyone. This is Sandra Radvanoski, and you are listening to the CBH Podcast. Mm, I like it. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, well, it got me. I ran for so long. I hid for so long. I did everything I was supposed to do. <laughs> and uh, the COVID monster has come to visit CBH. And um, today is the, um, the fifth day um, since uh, exposure. And um, the third day... I guess I tested positive on Friday. I tested negative on Thursday, but I could tell something was brewing. Like I had that test in the morning. Uh, I, you know, I learned I learned on uh, Thursday that a, a colleague had tested positive on Wednesday, and so uh, I had to go in for this extra test uh, just to see uh, what what my status was. And and on Thursday I tested negative and thought, okay, I'm good. But later in the day I could start to feel. Uh, something was brewing, uh, and I was in total denial, just like trying to live my life. <laughs> like this is not happening. Uh, this is—it's dry. My throat's a little dry. You know, I'm a little tired. You know, I didn't sleep good last night. I was like coming up with all the excuses why it was a hundred percent not COVID. But I had been exposed either um, uh, Tuesday, yeah, most likely on Tuesday, and um, and uh, my my colleague wasn't feeling well then. And, um, you know, uh, um, you know, but she and I tested positive, uh, within, uh, within 24 hours of each other. So it's, 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 um, fairly unlikely that she gave it to me and more likely that we were exposed by the same person. Um, if logic is to, is to follow, but there's no logic in any of this. In any event, I have, it doesn't matter where you get it. You got it. So you got to deal with it. And so I woke up on Friday morning and I was like, shit. Uh, I knew something was well off, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, just like just aches. You could, just, you know, when you when you get in the flu and you just feel you're just heading down. You're like, yeah, we're gonna find the bottom. Where's the bottom? Um, and you're just like everything in you is just um, slowly failing you. And so I had a test here. I had a I had a, a, a rapid test in the house, and so I took that. And, uh, you know, like, like, a like, a <laughs> like somebody who's surprised to be pregnant. I keep looking at the, I keep looking at the lines on the test and then checking the paper to make sure I'm reading this correctly. Am I reading this correctly? <laughs> but it's very obvious, you know, when this second line shows up and you're like, oh no, not the red line, not the red line. And it was very bright and clear and it's like, God damn it. You know, so that's Friday. That's the morning of the show. So, you know, it's 8.30 or something in the morning, and I, and I alert everyone at the opera house because I know they're going to have to spring into action if I am indeed positive. And they, they said, yeah, go down to the pharmacy to get a, an, official, uh, an official test, you know, one that, one, a, a paper that can actually be, you know, used and circulated to be like, see, he does have it. And so I went to the pharmacy, and, and there's nobody there. You know, from, for weeks and weeks, there's just been lines of people waiting to, to have a test, and they had a tent outside, and it was this whole scene, you know, this whole outdoor outside of the pharmacy scene 
of, um, you know, look like refugees lined up against the wall, everybody, you know, <laughs> trying to stay away from each other, but also covered up and, and, um, and, but th- this wasn't the case at all. There was nobody waiting. They were doing the test indoors now. Uh, the guy had a little table and he says, uh, you know, how do you feel? You have symptoms? I said, yes, I have symptoms. He says, have you been exposed to somebody who's positive? I said, yes. <laughs> He takes the test and about, you know, three minutes later, he's like, you know, between what you've told me and this faint red line starting to show up, he's like, yeah, you're definitely positive. Don't stick around. You can leave. Uh, we'll, we'll send you some stuff in the, in the mail, you know, and they send me the official results, which I pass on to the opera house and they, uh, you know, quickly finding somebody to come in and do the show, which is a whole different weird thing to go through. But, um, you know, I knew it was time to just, uh, uh, just uh, accept what's happening and go, uh, you know, put my feet up for a minute. And Friday was really the bad day. Friday, I felt like uh, I was hit by a truck. You know, I just had that run over feeling, couldn't get comfortable. Everything was aching. You know, there was no, almost no coughing, almost no congestion, but just like flu, flu aches, you know, everything hurts and, and really just couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't find a, a position on the bed or the chair or the couch where I, where I didn't want to just keep squirming. And so I just kind of overdosed on Tylenol a little bit, and that, that seemed to edge things. And then on Saturday, it was more of the same, just same, uh, just overall body aches. And then I did start having some congestion. And, and then, you know, Sunday and today, the body aches have been completely gone, and it's just a head cold, you know, it's just a head cold. But Friday and Saturday were rough. I, I don't even want to imagine what this thing was like if, you know, if I didn't have shots and boosters. I really, I really don't want to know what those people in the early... Uh, times went through uh, because this was rough and I had all the defenses that a person could have and my you know my booster is three months old you know like it's I'm still within the range of where everything should be working well Um, so that was um, that was that was my my journey so far Um, uh, you know I I I guess you know we we, uh, I tried I did my best. <laughs> I lived like a hermit, you know. I went from the opera house to the grocery store to my apartment. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. Uh, I went to I went to one gathering of of colleagues, and we had all been tested that morning, uh, so we felt you know comfortable uh, having sitting sitting and having uh, dinner together and and having an evening together. And, and nobody got sick from that day. You know that was a couple of weeks ago, and and so that was you know that was calculated and, and safe and, and nobody got ill, but yeah, you know, I'm 99.9% sure that I picked this up at work. Um, the one place I'm supposed to avoid, you know, <laughs> the one place I'm, that I'm doing all this for is so that I can go to work, you know, and then it's work where you, where you get this thing. And it's hard for me. I start seeing the dollars just fly out the window, you know, like what kind of cold am I about to have? How expensive is this cold going to be? Is it going to be one show, two shows, three shows? You know, like oh, my, my awful brain starts to uh, run on me fast. And so I'm looking at the schedule and I say, all right, well, um, the, the, you know, you, you can test after five days. The, you, know, you, you get, the, the, from what I've understood, the protocol in France is you test, you test positive, that's day one. On the fifth day, you can go and test again uh, and see if you're still positive. Um, if you're negative on that day, you can return to work. Uh, but I, from what I've understood from the opera house, I would have to wear a mask at the next performance, which I have no problem with. Um, and so that's where we stand. Uh, my test is tomorrow afternoon. 
If it's negative, from what I've understood, but I've heard I've heard a lot of stories from a lot of different people. I'm not sure that there's actually one protocol. <laughs> I think the opera house would just love for me to not test and then just be like, "I feel great," and sing the show. But um, you know, we have to we have to go with the rules to some extent because when you take the test in the pharmacy. Uh, all of your information, your name, your address, your phone number, your email, it all gets sent to some government agency and they're checking on you and they're watching. I got two phone calls already from government agencies, uh, people telling me what I'm supposed to do and they're, <laughs> they're all contradicting each other. Nobody seems to have a straight story. And so from what I've understood, if I test negative tomorrow, I can do my show on Wednesday with a mask, but we'll see. Um, uh, Certainly last night, I would not want to have sung a show. You can hear him a little extra bassy this morning. That doesn't mean I wouldn't survive the show uh, or, or put on a good show, but I just don't know uh, physically the physical strength involved uh, in doing it. Uh, you know, can I sing for three hours? It's not like, you know, one aria and a couple of uh, resets. Like, this is the whole dumb show. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I really thought this was going to like put me into a funk, you know, and just sort of make me feel depressed about everything, but it really hasn't. Um, I didn't, I didn't notice, uh, you know, I was just like, okay, this is a reset. You know, I had been complaining. Anybody who listens here knows that I was, I was hurting. I fell on my hip twice and, uh, my body was hurting. And, and frankly, uh, my voice had, was, was feeling fatigued. You know, by the end of the show, it's, it's, um, there's some fatigue that, sets in on me vocally uh, because the thing just sits you know a half tone higher than I'm that I'm used to it's not something I'm not doing well it's just uh, it's just you know just slightly above my my perfect comfort zone and so honestly I was happy to have a little break we had been going every three days since since we started we had no long break and uh, fortunately this time down coincides with uh, a four-day break between performances so if I miss tomorrow I mean, if I miss Wednesday, which is possible, I'm not. I'm not going to set my all my hopes on doing it. Uh, if I miss Wednesday, I miss Wednesday. That'll only be two shows lost of thirteen, and that's um, that's still pretty good considering how bad things were when we first got here. How bad Omicron was when when uh, when I first got here. And it, it's amazing that I've spent six months in France, and four of those months have been during their most rampant. Uh, COVID times, you know, the, the first time a year ago when the hospitals were packed and we, we there was a curfew, you couldn't even be on the street past 5 p.m. without having to explain yourself. And then, uh, you know, when I got here in February uh, to, um, or January rather, when I got here in January and the Omicron was like just running rampant and the French were over it. Uh, you know, people were following the rules uh, far less than I had ever witnessed here. And you know how I feel about the French. And their number of rules and the number of people who would never follow them. <laughs> we do not need these rules. Um, yeah, th this is the way of it. Uh, this is uh, Monday. This is the fourth day I'm locked up in the apartment. And, uh, you know, time's going by. I got stuff to do, things to study, uh, Netflix shows to watch. Everybody's so good, and they get, you get a lot of recommendations. Everybody's like, read this book, or look at this show. Look at Everybody gives recommendations, and I'm all, thank you, and I love that. Um, but uh, <laughs> I would much rather watch some terrible, you know, uh, Civil War <laughs> history program on YouTube than, than look at anything, <laughs> anything modern. Um, no, there's no show on Netflix that anybody's really sold me on that I'm just like, oh, I gotta go see that. There's nothing like that. I like, I like, I, I'm, I'm a very typical, 
<laughs> just like my dad. Just, uh, you know, some some History Channel um, war program is, is, is good enough for me. Oh, man. I can hear myself getting bassier as this goes on. You know, I've got this great, excuse me. <clears throat> I've got this great, um, uh, like, personal uh, steam vapor machines. Like, this really modern-looking... You know, like humidifier that just like suck in the steam directly from this machine and it's portable. And I picked it up in Chicago a couple of years ago and it really is a total game changer. I, I forget who makes it. I'll, I'll say next time. Um, and it works awesome. It just like any sort of thickness in your voice goes away after five minutes on this machine. And I, and I was uh, suffering a little bit in Chicago a couple years ago and, and um, brought this thing up to the opera house. And every time I came off stage, I would just run it again and, and, and breathe all this, uh, steam and vapor in and and um and feel feel great feel like top of the show again you know just like any sort of thickness or fatigue in your voice would just go away it's a total game changer but i don't have it here of course uh you know uh, <laughs> i don't know why i will never not travel without it again um uh and so i've got my face you know stuck over the stove with <laughs> with a big pot of boiling water which is um I guess it's good for me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I guess it's like, um, you know, it's like steaming my face. It feels good. Sometimes it burns, but um, uh, certainly after I, you know, do that for a couple minutes, my voice feels a lot more normal. So uh, I ordered some sort of version of it from French Amazon. We'll see if it gets here. It's supposed to get here today. Let's find out. Let's see. Let's see if French Amazon works. I never, th- I never think anything's going to work <laughs> in a foreign country. I'm like, oh, there's no chance. There's no chance Uber Eats is going to work well here, but <laughs> but of course it works perfect. Uh, I don't. It's something in my head where I'm like, oh no, this is. It, there's going to be a four day delay on this. They don't know how to do this. <laughs> what is that? Oh, why do I think only America is efficient? Of course, the French are efficient when it comes to this sort of thing. They're not efficient with uh, you know government red tape, but um, certainly getting your ramen to you at midnight is something they're <laughs> they're very interested in. <laughs> I love these guys. There's like a group over by the the car for the the there's a grocery store around the corner. And there's always a group about 8 or 10 guys and their bicycles, you know, and their their Uber Eats bags and they're just hanging out. And there's a ton of restaurants around here and a lot of popular places and so I think they just wait for their phone to ping and and they go and and grab the groceries and and get riding and um I love it. It's it's the same it has that same vibe in New York, those guys with the bicycles. Um delivering food and you and you know who they are because during the winter they've got like plastic bags over their over the handlebars of their bikes that they can stick their hands in to stay uh, dry and and uh, warm um i love these guys this is the this is the definition of hustle these are people who can't otherwise get um some other job for whatever reason this is their like starting point. This is like I need I need money. This is my hustle. I need extra money. I'm going to do this at night. I'm going to ride my bike and bring people food. And if you just have like that tiny bit of drive and hustle in you, there's money to be made. And I always take extra care of these guys. You know, uh, uh, I make I make sure that I put the put the tip in the app because you have to motivate them to get your food. But then I also double that up with a cash tip when they get here, and they're always super appreciative and. Uh, I don't know. I I love anybody who wants to hustle for money, uh, especially you know if you you're just like in the early stages of your life. These are pretty young guys. They're all in their twenties, and and um, 
you know, they're just willing to do something for a little bit extra. I love it. I love that. I was that kind of guy, and I love that 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 thing in people that says, um, "No, I can do more. I can do more. I'm gonna. I'm I'm moving food today. I'm. You know, it's like it's like people who take up Uber driving on the weekend because they're like, well, what else am I doing? I um, this is a this is a chance to make some money. I'm gonna do that. I love that in people. I don't worry about those people. I never worry about those people. They're gonna do great in life. The people who know how to hustle are going to do great in life. And, and they won't have to hustle you know, the, their whole life, and they probably still will. Um, I, I, you know, that, that thing, that thing that's like deep down in somebody's soul that says, you know what, there, if I got, time to, I got time to lean, I got time to clean. You know, like there's something, something that can be done right now. Um, um, I, I always admire those guys every time. I, every time I go by that grocery store, I see them all lined up. And I just, I feel a, an odd affinity for them. And they look like rough dudes, you know. It's not, <laughs> you know, they, they spend their life outside on, on, on uh, you know, tough bicycles, you know, hauling food across town. It's not, it's not an easy job. And so they look, you know, they can look a little beat up. But man, they got that, that hustle drive in their face. I love that. Those are my guys. Oh, well, the COVID monster came and uh, still here, still fine. Looking forward to rejoining my cast. It was weird on Friday when 7.30 rolled around and I knew uh, that people were being called to stage and that bothered me. I, I'm not bothered that somebody has to go and, and fill in for me. That happens. You know, I have filled in plenty of times. People have filled in for me. This, this is the way it goes. I haven't, it's, not a, it's not a personal thing. But when 7.30 rolled around and I realized that my colleague and I uh, were not at the theater and that other people's names were being called to the stage, I felt really funny. I felt really strange about it. I felt um, uh, selfish. I felt guilty. I felt that I had abandoned uh, my cast. I felt sorry for, this, for the guy who jumped in for me because, you know, he had... Uh, you know, almost no notice. You know, I, I told the opera house at 8.30 in the morning and 11 hours later, this guy's going on stage in a, in a version of the opera that's not the typical one. Uh, if you've done Don Giovanni in the world, that doesn't mean you've done the Vienna version. And so um, even that part, you know, there's four pages of recit, completely different recit that um, this poor guy had to cram. And I know you can't, you know, short-term memory is a, is a nasty bitch. And uh, you think you got it and you don't, uh, especially under pressure. Especially when you've not immediate, you know, short-term memory is like, okay, if I'm going to read this piece of paper right now and then I'm going to recite it back to you. That's short-term memory. But if he, if he learned it on the airplane here and then they rushed him through a fitting and they rushed him through whatever kind of staging they could do and the maestro talked to him and he met his colleagues and he... And he talked to his agent 15 times like this, that those four pages of recit are going to get neglected. You, they just can't help it. And unless he's staring at it two seconds before he does it, he's not going to be able to recall it. Even if he did it perfect from memory in his head three times on the airplane, like that's not short term memory is nasty. And, and I don't recommend it to anyone. Uh, and so you just have to just have to. I just felt bad for the guy. I'm like, that's no way to make your debut on stage to be like, what am I supposed to say next? <laughs> it's not cool. I did that a little in, in LA when I jumped into a, a Hoffman production with pages of music I had never seen before. And, 
you know, I had a couple of days so I could, I could put it in, but even in the moment, you're still faking it. You're still really just trying to pass those pages by without, without anyone noticing that you're completely flubbing the text. Uh, you know, singing French in LA is, is, uh, is, 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 uh, better than singing in English in LA. And so I would imagine, uh, you know, singing in Italian in France is better, but still at the, at the same time, you know, this is the Paris Opera. <laughs> Uh, so I, I felt some, uh, I felt, you just feel guilty. You're sorry you got sick. You're sorry that you, you put everybody in this position to have to make these drastic changes. You feel like a dick. Uh, but look, we did well. We did well to go this far. Um, I'll look forward to maybe singing on Wednesday. And if I don't sing on Wednesday, uh, which is, which is all possible, I still get three more and, um, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know, um, to have done 11 of 13 is not bad. Not bad considering COVID times. Um, anyway, I love you for listening. Listening to my extra resonant and deep and slightly fatigued voice. Uh, this is Monday, February 28th of the CVH podcast. The nightmare has come true and I'm still here. It's still fine. Nobody worry. Watching the world burn. We can talk about that. You know, I don't like to talk politics here, but, um, you know, when, when COVID is striking and I see half the world or, or just all the whole world focused on this, on this one terrible conflict going on, uh, east of me, um, you realize some people got it way worse tonight than you do. So, you know, suck it up with your sniffles, CBH. <laughs> Everybody have a great week. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday. All right. Thanks. Bye.